0: Ephesians chapter 5. The Lord gave us a wonderful service this morning, didn't he? And just a sweet spirit. There were two adults who were here, I believe, for the first time, who raised their hand, listened intently to the gospel, and uh, both raised their hand that they trusted Christ as their Savior. And so we praise the Lord for that and uh, got information and look forward to being able to follow up with them uh, this week. But Just a, a sweet service and Uh, The music was just wonderful and uh, I'm so thankful for what the Lord did in our hearts and our midst this this morning. I hope again that you will be here tomorrow night and Tuesday night. This is a great Sunday night crowd. I hope that you will be back tomorrow night and Tuesday night and that you will bring someone with you as we pray for God to revive our hearts and strengthen us and preparing us for uh, this new year. And so we have also... Uh, Are beginning a new series tonight on Sunday nights. It's more topical, which which I am not as comfortable doing. I enjoy just going through a text, and we still will be doing that. We'll be going through different texts, so it just will not be sequential where we're going through uh, a whole book, but it will still be expositional as we walk through different texts uh, on the subject of resolve and being resolved in our hearts and in our lives to different things as we enter this new Year And so tonight as we begin this, we're talking about uh, resolving to redeem the time. It's good for us. And at the beginning of the year, it's, it's a good time for us to evaluate our life. We all should evaluate our lives, especially as Christians, evaluate our Christian walk. And I know some of you have looked at the notes tonight already. Some of you have already said, this looks long, and I'm going to try to get through it as quickly as we can because I do want you to come through, come back tomorrow night and Tuesday night. But I think that we can move through it fairly quickly. But you and I, this is a great time, and this is what we're going to be doing over the next few Sunday nights: is just evaluating our Christian walk, evaluating some things in our life that perhaps we can uh, change if they need changed, we can tweak and and make better. And so I hope that. This will be a help to all of us. Tonight we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. Can you stand one more time with me for the reading of God's word? In just four verses here, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Father, again, as we come to your word tonight, our hearts have been encouraged by the music. Our hearts have been encouraged by being reminded of the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross of Calvary, the victory that we can live in because of the resurrection. We're thankful, Lord, to be reminded that we are able to love you because you first loved us and You've done so much for us. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you for meeting with us this morning. We thank you for two who put their faith and trust in you. We pray that you would uh, help them to continue to grow in their Christian life as we uh, make contact with them. And Lord, as we try to get them into studying the word of God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts. We pray for the meeting tomorrow night and Tuesday night that you would revive our hearts, that you will show us areas in our life that we need to uh, do differently, that we need to change. I pray that you'll encourage us in the Word of God and what you're doing. And Lord, that we will uh, be able to come back and worship you together. Speak to us now, and this time we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As Christians, we understand that life is God's gift to us. The life that we live is God's gift to us, and we're thankful for it, but many times perhaps we don't think about our life being and how we live our life being a gift back to God. And so within the context of redeeming time is the subject of wisdom. I want you to see it. It, Redeeming time is sandwiched between two verses about wisdom. Look at verse 15. Walk carefully, not as fools, But as wise. Walk circumspectly, carefully, not as fools, but as wise. And then verse number 17, be not unwise. Wisdom and time and what we do with time has a great deal to do. With wisdom. And so I want to kind of lay the foundation and talk about for a moment the importance of wisdom before we jump into the subject of redeeming the time. Because we know this as Christians that true and lasting wisdom does not come from the world, it comes from God. Without God, we are trapped in folly. A fool is someone who is without knowledge, who is without guidance, who is without wisdom. Uh, Psalm 14.1, a scripture that many of us know, says that the fool has said in his heart, what? There is no God. They are corrupt. They've done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And this is the person who can look at the universe in all of its vastness and all of its complexity and can look at the human body and all of its com- complexity and say that it was made by no one. This is the person who can acknowledge personhood and personalities and intellect and a large range of emotions and say that it all came from nothing. This is the, the practical atheist who can say, I acknowledge that there is right and wrong in the world. I acknowledge that there are moral laws that are clear across the globe of all human Mankind, and yet I reject the idea that that moral law comes from a moral law giver. This is what the Bible defines as a fool. Somebody who says that nobody times nothing equals everything. People say that we must be foolish to believe in God, and we look and say, "You must be foolish not to believe in God, but there 's more. Here than that. Notice the rest of the verse explains why they have come to this belief. Because they are corrupt and they have committed abominable works. And here lies the real issue. Sinners don't want, fools don't want God because they don't want accountability. They don't want a just judge. They don't want an evaluation of their behavior. In the last few chapters of Ephesians, and I want you to look back with me at chapter 4, and I would encourage you to mark these verses because Paul really deals with how we walk in this world. In chapter 4, in verse 1, he says, walk worthy of our calling as followers of Jesus Christ. In verse number 2, he talks about walking humbly. In chapter 4, verse 3, and the verses that follow, he talks about walking in unity. In chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, he talks about walking in righteousness, separated from sin in the world. In chapter 5, in verse 7, he talks about walking in love and Then in chapter five, verses eight through 14, he talks about walking in the light, walk worthy, walk humbly, walk in unity, walk in righteousness, walk in love, walk in light. And here is the cap to the whole thing as you come to where we are tonight in chapter five, verse 15. Walk in wisdom, walk in wisdom, walk in the wisdom that is from above and the wisdom that came to us through the knowledge of the gospel, through the word of God, through the spirit of God. And then Paul continues, how we walk in wisdom. We walk in wisdom by redeeming the time. Time and wisdom are closely connected. And so we see here that as Christians, a truly wise person looks at time through a biblical lens. And if we live our life with no regard To time management or time stewardship, according to the word of God, it's foolishness. The wise use of time should differentiate those who are in Christ from the world around us. And instead of making foolish decisions based on our feelings and impulses and instincts, Christians should pay attention to God's Word. We should think carefully. We should make wise decisions that bring God glory. And as we have seen time and time again throughout Scripture, society and Scripture have very different views about life. In fact, there was a song that was written by James Taylor called The Secret of Life. He says the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Any fool can do it. There ain't nothing to it. Nobody knows how we got to the top of the hill. But since we're on our way down, we might as well enjoy the ride. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planet spinning through space. The smile up on your face. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of lovely ride. I'll be sliding down. I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. It's just a lovely ride. It looks like he wasn't trying too hard to write the lyrics to that song either, doesn't it? But, but that's, that's man's general assessment of time. Just kind of let it happen, just kind of slide downhill, just kind of let life happen. But the Bible has a very different view about time. And you and I can say, well, it's just time. Just time? Do we understand what a gift time is? And so the psalmist says this in Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to what? Number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Look, if life is a gift, then time is the vehicle by which that gift is given to us. Every day we have been given 24 hours. Every day we have been given 1,440 minutes and 86,000 seconds to either waste or invest. The psalmist said in Psalm 118... This is the day that the Lord hath made. This is, this is God's gift to us. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. What do, what do your days look like? You kind of just let happen what happens? Or are you purposeful? There was a survey that was taken that gives a typical lifespan of 70 years. And this is a, an average. That on the average, a person who lives 70 years, they sleep 23 of the 70 years. of the time they work 16 years of the 70 years so they sleep more than they work this is staggering they watch television for 8 years 8 years of their life is spent watching television eating 6 years this might be A lot more than that for some but six years of our life is spent eating on the average travel six years leisure 4.5 years we're sick four years out of 70 dressing now I know this is higher for women but two years two years of our life is spent dressing and this is sad religion 0.5 years half of a year spent in religion. Benjamin Franklin said this, do you love life? Then do not squander time for it is the stuff that life is made of. You know, unlike money, we can't save time for future use, can we? We can't store it away for tomorrow. Imagine that your bank called you and they told you that every day they were gonna deposit 1000 Four hundred and forty dollars into your account every day. How many of you would be happy about that? I would be. That would change our lives, wouldn't it? $1,440 every day. But they say this. At the end of the day, your balance goes to zero. You can't carry it on, carry it over to the next day. I would figure out a way to spend $1,440 every day but isn't that what time is it's put into our account every day 1201 1440 minutes are put into our day and we have it to invest that day but guess what at the end of the day it's gone you can't carry it over So I want you to see some things this this evening from our text in Ephesians chapter 5. And I want us to evaluate, evaluate our life. Evaluate your last week. What have you invested your time in? And let me just say this. Our staff talks about this a lot. That we should be primarily investing our life not in projects but in people. This is what God has called us to invest in is people. Does our to-do list, our agendas, does it include ministering to people? And as we go into this new year, I want to challenge you in, in thinking about your time, planning your time. So the first thing I want you to see is the priority of time in verse number 14. If how we steward or invest our time is not a priority in our life, it should be. And what our passage is teaching us is that we as Christians need to have an eternal value system. And there's one main issue that God wants all of us to come face to face with during our time on this earth. And that is this, what are we going to do with Jesus Christ? What are we going to do with Jesus Christ? Notice what he says in verse number 14. First of all, he's telling us to awake, awake to the priority of salvation. He says, Awake thou that sleepest. Uh, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Now, the verses that lead up to this verse describe a lost world that is in spiritual darkness, and they are asleep spiritually to spiritual things, to to, to salvation. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul writes, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is what happens when we come to faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Isaiah put it like this in Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. This is an awakening to repentance and faith. The Bible says this, it is appointed, that means time, it is appointed for man once to die and after that, what? The judgment, the judgment. This is a, an eternal view of life, awake to salvation, awake to repentance and faith. I love what Dr. Chapel said about this. Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. The second greatest gift is time. And the way that we invest our second greatest gift will by and large determine to what extent we are able to share our first greatest gift with the world. How we use our time determines how we're able to share Jesus Christ with the world. Awake to salvation. Awake to sharing the good news of salvation with others. Harvey uh, McKay said this, Time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can steward it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. How many of you would say this morning how we invest our time is something that ought to be a priority in our life? It's one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. Redeem the time. Awake to salvation. Awake to sharing the gospel with people. The second thing I want you to see is the preservation of time. That is the care of it. Verse 15 and 16, See then that ye walk circumspectly, you walk carefully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We have all heard, many of us have perhaps said, there are just not enough enough minutes in the day to get done all that we need to get done. I don't think that that's a true statement as believers. After we've taken care of the priority of eternal salvation, God wants us to stay awake and alert in the way that we walk, the way that we live our Christian life, as he talks about in those four chapters 4 and 5, our walk. How are we to walk? We see here in, in the first verse, first verse, vi- verse 15, that we should have a cautious walk. Circumspect means cautious and vigilant, to walk intelligently, Think about this, it means us to keep the entire area in view. Not to be foolish in the way that we walk, but to be wise, to be cautious. Why do we need to be cautious? Why do we need to be alert? 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy, so walk cautiously walk carefully you know satan is is really good at causing us even as believers to waste our time we can waste our time either in sinless or or in sinful living or in senseless living and if satan can't get us to waste our time in sinful living then he will get us to waste our time in senseless living. You say, what's that? Things that have no benefit, no eternal value whatsoever. Are you saying we should never take leisure? No, I'm not saying any of those things because all those things are good for us. But I'm asking you, are you keeping good track of your time and what is spent on eternal value? What is valuable for eternity Someone said more time is wasted not in hours but in minutes. Isn't it easy for us to waste minutes? And minutes add up. He says a bucket with a small hole in the bottom gets just as empty as a bucket that is deliberately kicked over. A carefree attitude towards time leads to a wasted life. Using our time for eternity... It requires purpose. It requires intentionality. It requires planning. And at the beginning of this new year, it's a great time for us to evaluate how we use our time. Are we redeeming the time for eternal matters? J.C. Penney, who was a great philanthropist and also a Christian of the last century, said this. If a man's business requires so much of his time that he cannot attend the services of his church, then that man has more business than God intended him to have. That comes from a man who became a multi-millionaire, maybe even billionaire through his business. If it keeps you out of church... If it keeps you from growing in your Christian walk, then you have more business than God ever intended for you to have. A cautious walk. Secondly, a calculated walk. Redeem the time. This idea of just getting up and living life with no plan or no purpose. Listen, Christian, this is not of God. This is not of God. Redeem means to make the most out of something. Well, what are you gonna do tomorrow well i'm gonna i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna have some breakfast and i'm gonna watch some morning news and i'm gonna piddle around a little bit here and there, maybe work on the cars a little bit and then I'm gonna have my morning snack and then i'm gonna watch some more t v and then I'm gonna have lunch then i'm gonna watch some more t v and then in the evening we're gonna watch our favorite series and Maybe some sports, some football, and oh yeah, and we're going to have some Bible study as well. This is how many people live their life. Or we're going to get up, we're going to go to work, we're going to come home, we're going to eat dinner. (laughs) Eat dinner. She likes eating dinner. That's a priority on her list. How many of your children have ever said this when you, you ask them, What are you doing today? What are you what are y'all doing this evening? Oh, we're just hanging out. My kids know that we do not like that phrase. Just hanging out. Because what that insinuates is I'm just whatever happens, happens. And all of us who have kids and all of us who don't have kids know that an idle mind is what? The devil's workshop. He gets a lot done. When there's no plan and there's nothing to do. This word redeeming is, is often translated opportunity. Redeem the time while we have opportunity. We must make the, the most of the time that we have. As he says to shine as lights in a dark world. Listen parents these are no, no days to allow media to be your child's babysitter. Never let them play with media, that's not what I said. Never let them watch media, that's not what I said. I said to allow them to sit there for hours upon hours upon hours and allow that to be their babysitter, is. there's nothing good in that. Nothing good in it. Today, there are so many scriptures and songs that are lodged in my mind because my parents redeemed the time. Like many of you, we were, we were on drugs when we were children. We were, we were drug every time the doors were open to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school. We were there for revival meetings. If it was happening at church, if there was a prayer meeting at church, we were there. Five of us. We didn't always look pretty, but we were there. And listen, here is what my parents believed and instilled in us that those things were important those things were a priority and you say well you didn't get in bed at an early time as a young child and you probably struggled in school we made it okay all five of us made it okay and your children will too There's scripture, there's songs that are stuck in my heart, Matt, and I know yours too, because our parents made sure that when there was worship or when there was Bible study or when there was teaching, we were there. And it was in the home as well. It it was a priority in our life. I love what Jim Elliott said, because none of us are guaranteed a long life. He says, I seek not a long life, but a full one like you, Lord Jesus. I want to live a life that is full of internal investment, don't you? I'm not fussing at you tonight because I'm the same way. This is something very easily for us to slip into. This is why I'm calling us at the beginning of the year to resolve to redeem the time, resolve to evaluate how we're living our life. The last thing we see in verse 17 is the purpose of time. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I, in a nutshell, I believe that the purpose of our time is to know and to live out the will of God. What's the purpose of our time? It is to know and to live out the will of God. Again, Pastor Chapel says time, however many years of it we have, is our opportunity to achieve success in life. But if we don't clearly identify what success looks like, we may come to the end of our lives only to realize that we strove for the wrong goals. Again, society and scripture have very different views when it comes to success. What the world says as success and what the Bible says is success are very different. Success is knowing and doing the will of God and investing our time in that which will last for eternity. When people come to the end of their life, I've I've never heard anyone say, Brian, I wish I would have worked more overtime. I've never heard anybody say, if I could have just made CEO, that would have made my life better. But I have heard a lot of people say, if I had it to do over." I would use my time differently. I would invest my time differently. There are two ways that we can use our time to live by the true definition of success. First of all, seek the wisdom of God. He says, again, both verses, 15 and 17, Be not unwise. Walk not as fools, but as wise. God provides the resource of wisdom to give us balance as we steward our time. Living by list are great. I live by list of things to do. But our list should be made through the grid of wisdom. Not through the grid of human success. But through the grid of what God says is wisdom. Again, Psalm ninety twelve: Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto what? Wisdom. Again, time and wisdom are connected to one another. Only wisdom can teach us to define define success, not by activity, not by expansion, not by self-validation, but by God's will for our lives. How do we grow in wisdom? If if that's something that we need to, to redeem the time, we need wisdom. How do we grow in wisdom? I'm glad you asked the question. Seek God's word. Seek it in God's word. Listen, Proverbs 2. So that thou incline thine ear into wisdom. Apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. You want wisdom? Be a student of the word of God. You want daily wisdom? Get in the word of God every day. I'm so thankful for a basketball coach who challenged me in high school to start my day in the word of God and to read a proverb every single day of my life. There's 31 proverbs. There's one for every day of the week. Today is January the 8th. Read Proverbs 8. Tomorrow, January the 9th, read Proverbs 9. It is full of wisdom. You want wisdom? Seek God's Word. If you want wisdom, ask for it from God. Pray. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Let him ask of God. God, today, I need your wisdom. Help me to ignore the wisdom of this world and help me, God... To take your wisdom, to listen to your wisdom, to have your wisdom. He says, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. Listen, you think God wants you to have his wisdom? He does. He's not trying to withhold it from you. Seek God's word. You pray for it. He's going to give you his wisdom. Here's another way. Listen to the counsel of others. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. Sometimes many of us talk so much that we're never able to hear wisdom. When's the last time you went to someone who you knew how to walk with God and you said, why don't you give me some counsel on this? Hey, I need some counsel on this. I need some guidance on this. I need some help in this area. He says, a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. And then fourthly, we've all known this through trial and error, apply it to our lives. Hey, when you make a foolish mistake, don't keep making the foolish mistake over and over again. Learn from it. Learn from it. Don't repeat the foolishness. Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the ways of life. God reproofs us in life. He he corrects us. He chastens us. He speaks to us about something that we should not have done. Don't do it again. Don't repeat the mistake. Here's just some helpful reminders as we close about time. What God has given me is sustainable. What God has given me is sustainable. Is sustainable. God does not give us more responsibility than grace, nor does He give us more responsibility than time. An opportunity does not equal an obligation. Something comes up, something is presented to us, it looks like a good opportunity. Guess what? Sometimes we need to say no to opportunities. It's not an obligation. Wisdom helps us separate between the good and the best. So it looks like a good opportunity. Is it the best opportunity? Is it going to steal away time from more important things? What, gives, what God gives us is sustainable, but what we put on ourselves may be unmanageable. What we take on. Number three, I must identify and focus on the most important things. These are similar. They build upon each other. The last thing, I will center my time on the main thing that God has called me to do. Look, do you know the main thing God has called you to do? You should. As a Christian, you should know the main thing that God has called you to do. Listen, the main thing God has called me to do is not to pastor this church. It's at the top, and it's an important thing to me. But the main thing that God has called me to do is, first of all, to have a passionate relationship with the Lord, a love relationship with the Lord. And before he ever called me to be a pastor, he called me to be a husband. That's a priority. needs to be a priority in my life. I'll confess to you, it's not always been the priority that it should have been. Ministry sometimes has taken precedence. And I've had to go back and ask forgiveness for that. Sometimes uh, ministry has taken precedence over me being a father. But listen, before God called me to be a preacher, he called me to be a father. He called me to be a husband. We need to know the things, the main things that God has called us to do. Listen, for all of us as Christians, the main thing that God has called us to do, the reason that we're here is to bring glory to God and advance the gospel. That's it. Bring glory to God and advance the gospel. We are His witnesses. We are His ambassadors. I won't re-preach the message this morning. Seek the wisdom of God. Secondly, seek the will of God. Because time is a limited resource. Look at James chapter 4, if you would, as, as we wrap this up. James chapter 4, living with a sense of numbered days. You say, it's, isn't that morbid to think about our, na- our days being numbered? I mean I mean every day I get up and I realize not getting any younger I'm getting older. I'm not gaining more time I'm losing time. You say well that's morbid if you think about no no it's not it's not morbid at all for a Christian it should be spiritually motivating to know no hey time is running out. It's brief. I only have so much time to invest in eternity. I only have so much time to witness. I only have so much time to train Jordan and Jared and Jackson to love God and to serve God. I've only got so much time. I need to be using it on the right kind of things. It's motivating for us. And the opposite of making every day count is seen in this text in James chapter 4. Look what he says. Go to now ye that say... Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, we'll continue there a year, we'll buy, we'll sell, we'll get gain. You know what this person is assuming that life will continue as it's always been. There's no acknowledgement of God and what they're going to do. They're simply saying, this is what we're going to do. Today or tomorrow we're going to go to such a city, we're going to continue there a year, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to buy and sell and we're going to get gain. James reminds this type of person. Look at the very next verse, verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it's what? It's gone, it vanishes away. Today's opportunities may not be here tomorrow. Tomorrow. So James instructs us to live life with this attitude. Look at verse 15. For that ye ought to say. This is what you should say. If the Lord will, we're going to do this or that. You know what he's saying? I'm seeking God with how to use my time. You seek God with how to use your time? Do you ask God for wisdom? And how to use your days. Our days are consumed with God's will for our day. And not our will for our day. I love this. Whatever time we don't plan to invest eternally. will be filled with the tyranny of the urgent. The only escape from the tyranny of the urgent. Is to live with the urgency of the important. Let me say that again. The only escape from the tyranny of the urgent is to live with the urgency of the important. Don't just live your life with little thought and waste your purpose. How many of you know this? Emergencies pop up every day. Emergencies will pull us away from the truly important if we allow them to. We seek God's wisdom. We schedule checkpoints of evaluation. In a morning, I want to encourage you this new year, maybe you do this, maybe you don't, but I want to encourage you in the mornings to evaluate your day. Plan your day. Redeem the time. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for opportunity. Eternal opportunity. Eternal opportunity. Opportunity. Hey, we have these children for just a little time and then they're gone. What are, we, what are we doing to train them? What are we doing to invest in their future? What are we doing to teach them to be able to think for themselves and make right decisions? I'm not telling you to micromanage their, their time. It was a good day when I learned that I was going to have to let my children out and let them fail on their own and let them learn some lessons about life. It's a good day. But hey, when they fail, take those opportunities to teach them. Teach them about the love of God. Teach them about the forgiveness of God. Parents, some of you have young children right now, and you're already seeing how fast it goes. I want to encourage you tonight to evaluate your time. I encourage you parents, and this is encouraging. I know Sunday nights are... They're all in here with us, and some of them are already turned me off after the introduction. But listen, it's not wasted time, I promise you. It's not wasted time. It's good. They're underneath the teaching of God's Word. They're singing the songs. They're hearing the songs. They're getting in their hearts. Numbered days demand focused lives. And so let us reach lost souls. Let us love our families. Let us... Not live for self, but help us to serve other people. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for the gift of time. As we come to a new year, I pray, God, that you would help us to resolve in our hearts, to redeem the time that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to as we plan our days, as we plan our future, as we plan our weeks and months, that you would help us to see time through an eternal lens. Help us to seek first the kingdom of God with our time. Whether it be in our home or in our community and through the church. Help us, Lord, to make a commitment this new year to invest our time in the right things forgive us Lord for we've all failed in this area I have failed you, you know as well as anyone how much I've failed forgive us for wasting time forgive us for not seeing it as the gift that it is forgive us for not using it for you forgive us for being so casual with it and such a great gift I pray, Lord, that you would speak to all of our hearts tonight, and we ask all this in Christ's precious name. Amen.